Amen. Um, some years ago, I went to my oldest sister and I was really upset about a situation I was in. I was mad, I was crying, I was angry, and I was telling her what happened. And she said, calm down, just calm down. She was really calm. And she said, one day you're going to appreciate the outcome of this. And the truth is, I didn't like that. I wanted her to be upset like I was. I wanted her to affirm my anger. I wanted her to be mad like I was mad. But she saw something in the situation that I did not see. So in the Bible, John 11 tells us a story about these three siblings, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. And Lazarus was sick. And it says that the sisters sent word to Jesus. They said, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when Jesus heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, this is what the Bible says, he stayed where he was two more days. And so the disciples, they didn't want Jesus to go see about him because um, at the time Jesus was being uh, persecuted. And so they just thought it was dangerous for him to go do that. And so Jesus says to the disciples, he says that Lazarus is asleep. And so the disciples say, well, okay, if he's sleeping, then he'll wake up. So then it goes on to say that he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. I imagine that Mary and Martha were upset and they wanted Jesus to come and help Lazarus. And Jesus <laughs> waits two days to come and by then Lazarus had died. So here we are, we think Jesus cares for us and he loves us, but sometimes it seems he's not as concerned when we go through things. He doesn't respond immediately. He doesn't rush when Lazarus is sick. He doesn't seem angry when we're angry. He sleeps when the sea is raging around us. He does 10 plagues before he sets us free. We go to him on a 10 and he responds on a two. But the Bible, my friends, my pastor says, Jesus loves us. So maybe you're going through something, but I want to encourage you that where you are, what you're going through, the pain, the anxiety, the frustration is not the end. What you're going through is just a test. So let's look at James one, um, overall two through eight, but I'll start at two. My brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Fall here refers to falling into something that is all around you. There are various trials everywhere you look. What is a trial? A trial is a temptation or an adversity. 
it is an unfavorable situation. It is opposition or something that is contrary to God's will and God's plan for your life. And James says that when you experience these various trials, count it all joy. Why? Because enduring a trial proves the merit or the quality of our faith. And faith is a fundamental and significant aspect of our relationship with God. It is necessary then that our faith is tested. Our faith is tried to determine its trustworthiness or the credibility of it. The, the adversity, it proves whether or not our faith is true or false. You can say you believe all you want, but until you go through something that tests your faith, that tests whether or not you really believe what Jesus has been telling you, you can't even tell me that you really have faith. The trial is not always a temptation to sin. I know when we think temptation, we immediately think sin. Sometimes the temptation or the trial, you're tempted to quit. You're tempted to take matters into your own hands. You're tempted to put your trust into another source. So whatever the situation is, whatever it is that you're going through, the test, the trial, it may be painful. It may be difficult. It may be stressful, but James says to count it all joy. Ask me why? Because the trial creates a situation or an opportunity for revelation. It gives you an opportunity to see God in a different way. It gives God an opportunity to reveal himself to us. The trial is also a tool that is used by God to refine and to purify our faith. The trial, the test, the temptation, the adversity, it is meant to purge you. It is meant to purge us of sin, to purge us of unbelief, and to even purge us from people because sometimes it is people that is standing in the way of our destiny. So God has to use a test, a trial to purge our lives of the people who are not purpose to be in it. The trial is also used to refine us, to upgrade us, to upgrade our faith, to enhance our faith, to take our faith to the next level. Lastly, the trial, the test, it is used to mature us. Some of us would never grow up if it wasn't for tests and trials in our lives. So count it all joy because when I come out of the test, when I come out of the trial, I'm going to come out better than I was when I went in. It says that testing leads to patience and patience produces power. Being patient is not just your ability to bear the affliction for a specific length of time. As my faith is tested, it's going to give me the ability, the power to stand firm under pressure. Patience is my ability to have staying power, to not be moved, to not turn back. It is my ability to be able to be broke and not break. It is my ability to be horny and not go get some. It is my ability to be be disappointed and not give up. It is the staying power to go through what I'm going through and not quit. It produces power that turns obstacles into opportunities. 
an opportunity for me to grow, an opportunity for me to see God, an opportunity for me to receive another testimony. And I know it's cliche, but your testimony is going to help someone else overcome what they're going through. But none of us can have a testimony if our faith is never tested. No one was there to tell Mary and Martha, listen, I know you're struggling with what you're going through right now, but if you can just hold on, I'm telling you from experience that Jesus is coming. And when he comes, the thing that you see as dying is going to come back to life. Now, the truth is, yes, there is a time factor. The trial, the test, the adversity, the temptation might not end when you want it to. But the question is, can you still serve God while you wait? Can you still love him? Can you still worship him while you're waiting? Will your faith remain while you wait? Can you trust in his timing and resist the urge to throw in the towel because it's taking longer than you expected? You may have to wait for a little while until he brings you out. But here's what I want you to know, that he'll keep you while you're waiting. You've got to know and trust and believe that that his grace is sufficient. Now we want it to end. I am sick of going through what I'm going through. I want it to end, but the truth is God knows that I'm not ready. So what he does is he puts us in the furnace and then he looks in to see how we're doing in the fire. And he looks in and he says, mm, Nope, you're not ready yet. Job said, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. The thing about gold is that gold doesn't burn under heat. It melts and melting it purifies it so that it can be shaped and molded into what you want it to be. What happens is that while you're in the midst of your trial, while you're going through what you're going through, God is purifying you so that he can shape and mold you into what he wants you to be. He has to get some things out of us and he has to put some things into us. He has to burn away our flesh. And the truth is that if it wasn't for a little bit of fire, most of us wouldn't be trying to do his will. And if you're anything like me, sometimes I need a little bit of heat to heat me in his will. Sometimes we get in trouble because we don't want to wait. And the reason we don't want to wait is because we don't have faith in who God is. I'll teach that next week. So the testing of my faith produces the patience that I need. It says to be perfect and complete. So patience is going to give me the staying power I need to not be moved by my circumstances, to not get off the potter's wheel, to not climb out of the furnace. It's going to uh, allow me to develop the ability to endure hardship and chastening until God can get out of me and into me everything that is needed for who he wants me to be until I lack nothing. He wants me to be perfect and complete, to be finished, to be whole, to reach the end, to attain the purpose for the trial, to learn the lesson. I'm going to fall into various trials until I lack nothing. But then James says, but if you lack wisdom, ask God. But if I'm going through the tests and the trials until I lack nothing, why do I need wisdom? I don't need the wisdom of man. 
I need the wisdom of God to go through my trial, to go through my test. I need wisdom to stay patient while I'm going through. Now, this wisdom summarized, it is the knowledge or the the know-how of God. Wisdom comes from knowledge. I need the wisdom that comes from God's knowledge of all the facts that are pertinent to his purposes and his plans for my life. So I count it all joy because I serve a God who knows everything about his purpose for my life, including what I need to fulfill it. The struggle for us is that when we're in the midst of the trial, we lack the knowledge required to endure the trial. But in my reverence and respect, my fear of God, and because I have confidence that he knows some things that I don't know. So I come to him for the wisdom I need to know how to go through what I'm going through. And then he gives me revelation. He gives me insight. He gives me strategy. He directs me to the right people. So when I don't know how this is going to happen, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how this is going to play out. I trust that God has the know-how and he He knows what's best for me. So I count it all joy because I don't have to go through this trial blind and dumb. We want to know how to get out of it, but what we need is the wisdom on how to go through it. The test is making me ready. The test is preparing me for what God has for me, for the thing God has created me to do. The test is making me ready. So no, I don't have all the money. I don't have the staff. I don't have the building. I can't see the totality of the solution of how God is going to do it, but I count it all joy. I may not know how this test is going to end, but I count it all joy because I am confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I count it all joy because all things work together for the good of them that love God. I count it all joy because this light affliction, this light trial is but for a moment and it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I count it all joy because I don't look at the things that are seen. I look at the things that are not seen. I count it all joy because these tests and trials don't compare to the glory I'm going to walk in when it's over. This is just a test. And this test, this trial is going to produce your next testimony. You're going through tests and trials. Your faith has to be tested. It has to be purged. God has to get the impurities out, the doubt out, the unbelief out. This trial is really about your faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith, all things are possible. That thing that God called you to do, your dream, your vision, it might seem impossible to do in your own strength with your own resources. It seems impossible in the natural, but you need faith and more faith. God will use our tests and trials to increase our faith. You need the trial. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.